Welcome, beautiful people, to Camp Koji. My name is Joel. His name is Val. And thank you for joining us. We break down the biggest gaming news from the week that was on the only podcast you will ever need. Val, what up? What's going on, man? Allergies? You good? Allergies. You good? Allergies. It's terrible, man. They're killing me. Let's see if you can get through this episode. It's bad because it's like... You you get excited for the for the for the weather and it finally getting nice and hot out here in New York and allergies has come through to shut that down. Thing up, yeah. Uh, but we we've been off for a week. Now. That's right. We had a little bit of a of, of a break. We needed the break, man. Back. We had to get ready for the Game of Thrones finale, man. We yeah. needed two weeks for that. And uh, we're just gonna get right into it because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, playing a little bit of catch up, so. Uh, First of all, is the Sony State of Play that happened uh, not too long ago. I enjoyed it. The Sony Direct. That's right, Sony Direct. Keep on trucking, man. They they doing good things. The big Sh- short message was good, right? What was the big announcement there? Predator was the kind of surprise that no one uh, really knew about. No, nah, I like I like the reveal for Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Like that was a nice place for it to be. They know like their biggest install base is on PlayStation, so Capcom made a smart decision doing that. Yeah, it was a good way to open it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, Absolutely. too. Um, we do know, of course, it's going to come out on Xbox. Uh, yeah. They didn't say anything about timed exclusivity, nothing of that sort, but just a nice place for it yeah. to be. I think I think it's just uh, exactly how you put it up. I yeah. think Capcom just looked at it like, hey, our biggest base is here. It just kind of made sense. It worked out. Um, yeah, Predator, we, we briefly spoke about. That's the same team that made Friday the 13th, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Correct. So let's see where that game goes. I didn't, I didn't play much of that one, but... I'm I'm inter- I'm interested in Predator. Yeah, I, it looks well, kind of sounds the way they're saying asymmetric multiplayer. Like it's gonna be the same. One person plays Predator, and the rest of us are trying to stop him. I guess sounds and good. Sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, Medieval got a release date for October 25th. It was that was a that was a weird short announcement, right? I, you thought you would see a little more there, but yeah, I guess they're gonna go a little bit more. In especially depth. The, that they're not at E3. Like, why not show more of the game there? But I don't know. That was a weird decision for me. Uh, and then the big one was Final Fantasy VII remake. Yes, you, you don't, you don't like you don't like them showing that game. It's, <laughs> it's not about me not liking it. I think it's more of I'm I'm really one of those people where I hate hearing about content too early. You know, like when you that's Square when Enix. You announce something and talk about it. I I, I want a, a window of a year or so. I think I think it's closer to being finished than they're letting on. I yeah. think. If I'm not mistaken, they have a conference, right? They they have a, a yeah. showcase at E3, so, so they, they took Sony slot. They took that slot. Um, we'll see more of it there, especially that it's episodic. Um, I'm thinking like games like Life is Strange, uh, the Telltale games, RIP mm-hmm. to them, but maybe something like that. Episode one released on this date, and then we'll yeah. see where it goes from there. Yeah, I think the fact that in this trailer they said we'll have more news in June. Yeah, that's of course. That it's yeah, probably it's closer E3, than we so. think, which is, which is a good Well, not the, amazing. Not comp- 100% complete, but I think at yeah. least an episode yeah. out sooner than later. So, I mean, I'm not an RPG guy. I've never played Final Fantasy Seven. How do you feel about it being episodic? Um, I'm mixed. Again, I'm happy that, listen, if they were going to make this game... And remake it, right? That's what it's called, a remake, right? Mm-hmm. If it's just going to be the same old thing, then why are people going to play it? This game has been out for years. People have played it multiple times. If you're not seeing something new, then what's the purpose of of going back to the property? So I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it. I'm not a fan of the whole episodic thing, but I'll trust what they're doing. But then I also feel like the one thing that's... Um, they changed the... 
It's now it's not turn based anymore. It's not turn based. It's gonna be action RPG, just like you have uh, Final Fantasy fifteen and then Kingdom Hearts three, something like that. I feel like that's a little weird, though, isn't that that they just kind of change it out like that? I mean, for me, it makes me more interested because I like action RPG, so I think I'm a little bit more. Yeah, I think they, I think it's going to be a little bit more inviting. So I think people are that never tried the game or may have been turned off to turn-based role-playing games may jump into this franchise now. And it's more accessible, especially like you said for yourself, that mm-hmm. you've never been into a series like that and didn't want to get into that whole grindy aspect of JRPGs. You would play this. So I'm excited. And then the people that have played yeah. Final Fantasy VII and any other entries in the series will, will continue to try this one. So. Yeah, it looks amazing. I think the fun... I think the funniest thing that came out of this new story was people complaining about spoilers for Final Fantasy VII. I was like, no, there's no spoilers. It's a, there's, uh, what's it like? Like, how do you not know that she dies in this yeah. game? Like, how, how have you lived this long and not know? It's like the like the most common spoiler in yeah. video game history. Like, this so. is impossible to get away from right now. The other big game that was uh, uh, announced was Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, for Ubisoft, mm. and I was not impressed, man. Why? <laughs> I was just unhappy with with it. I mean, it just looked like Ghost Recon Wildlands. Yeah, it just, I just one point five. I guess I right? wanted more of a risk. I wanted something John Bernthal, man. You know, John Bernthal. That gets me excited. I'm a big it's John Bernthal, Bernthal man. fan. That's you know? it. You get a lot of grunts, right? Yeah. And I actually like what they did. So what they did was that they released some content for Wildlands where you play as John Bernthal's character. Oh, I didn't know that. And then now in this new game, he's the enemy. So it's, I think that was really, really That's cool, man. man. That's a really, really dope idea. John Bernthal, Rogue Agent. Yeah. We've, we've seen this before, right? I, Somewhere? I guess, no? like, I just wanted... Um, so he's basically playing the Punisher. Yeah, exactly. That's I just, fantastic. I just wanted something a little bit more fresh, a little bit some, something a little newer. But Ghost Recon, Ghost Recon fans seem to be happy and excited about it. It's another IP for Ubi. Another win for them. People are going to play that. A lot of people are going to buy it. A lot of people are going to download it. You know, Ubisoft has just been on a tear, man. That's what they do. a lot of things right, right I now. told you, arguably the best video game development company. They're, they're known killing to it. Man. They put out some stats for Division 2. Apparently, it's been blowing up on PC. That's their biggest base. No, that's good. Good for them, man. So... More money, and then we get Beyond Good and Evil too. So okay. exactly right, though. They could take their time. Just, this is all smoke, that, man. This is smoke. And I want my my Mario Rabbits too, man. Ah, uh, that game was I okay. Like, I love that game, man. So a couple of updates that we're gonna go through before we get to the big news topics. Something that just broke yesterday, which was Call of Duty 2020. So according to Jason Schreier from Kotaku, Activision replaced studio Sledgehammer and Raven for Treyarch, who will lead the 2020 Call of Duty title to another Black Ops set during the Cold War. Yeah, I heard this title that was coming from Sledgehammer and Raven was going to be Vietnam based, I yeah. think. So something they don't have to redo more. too many of the assets, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I like Treyarch. They're my favorite studio that does the Call of Duty franchise. Um, mm-hmm. It's been stale for some time. I haven't picked up the last three, I think. Yeah. But Black Ops, what are they up to now? Four? What is it? What is four. It? Last one was four. Four. Which, was which did well. Yeah, it was. On, I, I hope they create a single player campaign i used to enjoy those like even though they're like short three to four hours yeah. but i like them um that's comfort food you know I've, i felt that the black ops definitely had the best campaigns they the always had the yeah uh according now remember this is all from jason schreier it's still a rumor but it's a pretty trusted source so i believe in it uh according to him there is going to be a single player campaign that was part of the plan that sledgehammer raven but had, they're but probably pissed they though this the, goes back to you know crunch again right because now 
they used to have a three-year development cycle. Now it's going to two. Mm -hmm. So does that mean people are directly affected? I can only imagine how many people are pissed about that. And we'll probably hear about it soon as well. But part of the confirmation was that Treyarch is taking the lead, but Sledgehammer and Raven are still on the team. So basically these three teams are working together. It's just Treyarch is taking the lead now, I guess. Yeah. Whatever Sledgehammer and Raven were doing, I guess, just wasn't wasn't working out. I think Sledgehammer made uh, Advanced Warfighter, Warfare, Mm -hmm. one of those games. Yeah. And um, the Call of Duty franchise is not, this, this Black Ops 4 is not doing as well as... I think Activision wanted it to do. It's still doing really well. Yeah, but it's slowed down. Here, that's yeah, it's slowing down a little bit. They're not the juggernaut that they thought they were. Yeah, I think anymore. I think they so kind of, of fell asleep at the wheel, and they're starting to realize. No, it's other studios doing great things, man. You have uh, Respawn creating good content. You know, great yeah. games, and you know this the free to play. Uh, these battle royale games are just taking yeah. over that space. You know that void. So, and this pretty much confirms that. You know. Uh, Warfare 4 is probably going to be the release for Call of Duty this year. It'll be this year. Yeah, that'll be... Uh, this pretty much sets it in stone. Yeah, Infinity Wars game. The up... Oh, my God. Uh, it's, it's crunch again. The other the other update is crunch. Oh, my God. And we're just going to... I'm just going to go through this real quick just so we can update what we've been talking about. NetherRealm Studio said they're actively looking to all allegations. Sounds great. Let's see what you guys actually... Ed Boon still hasn't made a comment, right? Ed Boon... Ed, I mean... We talked about it. We talked about this man is gonna be completely quiet. Good for him. Stuck to it. Just keep your mouth shut, man. I think he's he's uh, making the worry about patches and characters and DLC. Employees are saying they haven't worked past six p.m. for the last week. And this this story obviously was a few weeks ago. Yeah. um, uh, From the story from Variety, Machine Games developer behind Wolfenstein is working on Limited Crunch from its studio. Sounds great. Like I said. Everything that's been happening seems to be kind of forcing either a change or it's forcing new studios to have to speak up. Yeah. Blizzard says they're trying to cut out Crunch for World of Warcraft, but they're not 100% there yet. Maybe it's because I don't play World of Warcraft, but man, you guys have Crunch on World of Warcraft? Like, <laughs> yeah, what else you got? Why, why do you guys got to work? Like, what the hell? I thought you guys I thought had the game just runs itself at that's this what point. I felt, but, uh, and then the, the most recent one, which I found the funniest one was. In an interview with Kotaku, Marcin Nowinski, co-founder of CD Projekt Red, says, quote, they want to be more humane and treat people with respect. If you have to come out and say you have to, you want to be more humane, like, what are you doing, man? Like, that sounds something the that mess- you, would, you would come out with if, like, you test yeah. products on animals or something. No, like the messed up like- part about it was, I think, like, for two episodes where we've been talking about Crunch, I've been championing cd project red's name and talking about like why don't you be like them right and like long development cycles but now i'm hearing like even though it takes you 45 years to make your games like you still have crunch and there's still a problem so thanks a lot guys they want to make you you were my one beacon of of hope and now you guys are treating people inhumane he said they want to make it clear that overtime is not mandatory so but this goes back to that this, same vicious cycle. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, we're letting it be known, but then this particular, you have to you have to yeah. work and do crunch because I think they mentioned even in the article like they were working countless amounts of hours to create that build for E3 mm-hmm. to finally show Cyberpunk, right? Yeah. But so, what did you do? What did you learn from all of these articles? You're doing the same thing everyone else is doing. So yeah, like E3 is notorious for crunch in terms of teams really getting that demo out. Because, I mean, it's more evident now than it used to be, but the E3 build is but, like 
overcompensate. Yeah, but it's way mean, nicer than what you actually. I know there's had. definitely people purpose. out there smarter than the both of us that can go into more detail about this. But you're telling me that your studio can't come up with a small team that can just work on the demo and take assets from all these other teams and create that demo while you're still working and then the demo be ready for E3? Yeah, I think that that's Does the that main not issue. make sense? So the main issue with E3 builds is that the game is just not complete yet. So it's almost like you have to pull assets and then find the right level. Yeah. It's a dialogue, right? So it's almost like while you're actively working on this whole game, you're actively working to get this chunk so perfect. I, I, yeah, let's know? take like... X amount of people from each part of the development team and be like, hey, this is your job. You're going to work on this E3 mm -hmm. demo. And then when you're done, back off and then you're back into your, you know, back into I your guess it's too much. It's also, I think it's probably the reliance on like live demos, which is why I don't yeah. like live demos. Like, I mean, I it's like live demos. It's like, it's like old school, like, right? Yeah. Someone's playing the game and it like fails. Like, I don't know. That's, That's part of the mystique, the man. One of the last updates is Echo Fox. Uh, according to Rick Fox, Rizada has referred to him as a sand N-word on multiple occasions. Yikes. Uh, some text messages were leaked to a website called Upcomer where Never heard Rizada uh, sent text to an investor called David Vitor. And part of the te texts were pretty anti-Semitic. And part of it was, when I'm done, you will wish you were in a camp burning and wave to your grandparents, followed by a bunch of fire emojis. Who is this guy, man? So after this that came out, Rick Fox confirmed that he would stay if Rizada leaves. And uh, who is this Amit Rizada guy? Like, so who? he's one of their biggest investors um, for Echo Fox. Echo this Fox guy's been a terrible created. racist, and he's yeah. gotten this far in life, and he's rich. I don't, I don't. What's going on, man? You know, it's like they say, being racist is illegal. Damn. And uh, League of Legends Championship Series Commissioner Chris Greeley sent a statement that if Echo Fox wouldn't remove Rizada within sixty days, Riot Games would take action. That could adversely impact the future of Echo Fox in the LCS, which is the League of Legends Championship Series. I mean, it's pretty cool to see this uh, another company kind of take a stance. But they shouldn't have to like, force their hand. Yeah, this guy should just shouldn't. be removed, like, or someone else step up to the yeah. plate and be like, "Get rid of this investor. I'll invest in you guys. You guys yeah. are super successful." I don't I think, understand I think the it was problem. Part of the interview, some that, legal issues going on there. Uh, yeah, Rick Fox. Uh, spoke to TMZ about it and he said basically he has his own rights he has the rights to his investment and um, I guess well, it's, it's not, not like team Echo Rizada so so I guess what they're get him out they're trying to figure out a way to get him out because just it have sort him, of looks like the guy doesn't want to leave yeah just have him play Sonic Fox 1v1 MK11 first yeah. to 10 and he's done Yo, that's 1v1, it 1v1 B Let's do it right now. That's it so League of Legends is created by a company called Riot Games and at least our last uh catch-up story which is the riot games walk out where 150 employees walked out to protest the company's use of mandatory arbitration uh but didn't they walk out like at the same time wasn't it like a scheduled walkout from like the higher-ups when they were like hey you correct. guys can leave so now it, it's sort of weird because yeah the walkout to me didn't have a great impact because the company set aside time for them to work on it like which is what kind of defeats the purpose it's like hey bit. guys we want you to protest our company and you can do it on your lunch break yeah. and then afterwards you got to come back to work but they they have confirmed that new employees will not um, have to go under forced arbitration. Forced arbitration basically means that in these cases of sexual discrimination and harassment, you do not have the right to sue the company. They mm. go into what's called arbitration where they have an arbitrator. Um, and it's obviously not criminal proceedings the way uh, going to, to uh, uh, court would be. 
Now, uh, Riot confirmed on Thursday that it won't be changing its use of mandatory arbitration until after its ongoing litigation wraps up. So they're basically not really budging. And I guess there are a couple employees that are looking into what their next step would be after this. Leaving? Uh, to see what they're doing. Google had a, 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 a similar issue. Google had a similar issue in terms of forcing arbitration onto yeah. new employees. And they had their own protest and their own walkout. And Google did change its stance on it. So Something could change. We're hoping. I'm hoping that Riot Games does change their stance. It is something that, to me, is very, very important. Especially hearing about some of the things that have been um yeah, I heard that place is happening. Like unbelievably toxic. Two higher up employees at Riot Games are still there, including the COO. Accused of everything from gendered promotion strategies to ball grabbing by Kotaku. Wow. Ball grabbing. Still making money. So that's cool. Grabbing the balls. Grabbing dicks is cool, but uh I guess not everything else. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I think we, we, we now notice the type of I think more and more people are realizing the type of society that we're in right now, especially here in the United States. Yes. And I think a lot of us have seen it for a while. We, we're aware of it, but uh, I think more and more people are understanding how powerful power really is. And, you know. Keep talking about it. You got to right? keep talking about it. I mean, look what happens. Raise awareness crunch. and see I what mean, happens. It's going to be a, a change. Weeks ago, we only had one story, and it feels like fire was lit. Week, yeah. Someone else is talking about it. But. That's the one thing I found very suspicious about what CD Projekt Red did was they went to Kotaku with this and I sort of feel like they were they did it out of fear. Like I think they're afraid that they might be the next studio to kind of have oh, a bunch of employees doors come get out. Blown off, yeah, and I right? feel like they were trying to get ahead of the curve a bit. Which is a smart move. Um, again, change is change, right? However, which way it comes. So... If they want to raise, you know, shine the light on themselves and try to get ahead of this thing before all of these articles start coming out and how inhumane people are being treated there. But change is coming. So, yeah, I think it's just good to just have more transparency. Yeah, more dialogue, more transparency. You know, you do have to demand those types of things. So I think that's the part that's most important, especially if we move towards a future in video games where there has to be that agreement where, hey, we're not going to force crunch. But you're gonna have to wait longer for content or wait longer for a newer game. So and, be it. You know, just have that transparency. Just like, you know, I'm always bringing up that example of what Nintendo did with Metroid. I think it's very, very important um, to share those 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 types of things with with your yeah. consumers. So that was everything in terms of catching up for the last uh, few weeks. Uh, in terms of what we're playing, I'm still playing Division Two. Uh, what was I working on right now? I jumped back into Monster Hunter for a little bit, um, enjoying that. And then on the Switch, currently playing Phoenix Wright and uh, Dragon's Dogma, which is great. Oh yeah, I, I remember you still you're still on that. I skipped out. I skipped on Rage Two. I was gonna pick up Rage Two. I skipped on it. That's a bargain buy. I'll wait till that's like yeah, thirty bucks. I'm right with you. The sales actually apparently have not been very good. And yeah, it's not even the reviews that bothered me. That's what I yeah. expected from. I I, I feel I, I still found it very weird that they gave Rage a sequel. I just felt like the first one didn't pop that much. And then once we saw what Rage Two was, yeah. It just it wasn't as original. As, no, I knew the open you know. world was going to be bland. I knew the 
vehicle, you know, yeah. control was going to be all over the place. But again, they got the shooting mechanics down right. It, I heard it's very smooth. It's fun. And when, there's no way that Borderlands so. didn't have an impact on it. I feel like Borderlands kind of came through and just took away a, a lot of that noise. Yeah. Even, even with just announcements and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I'm still playing Division 2. We were just talking about this earlier before we started recording about the raid that just dropped, which is uh, new content they've added. They added another uh, apparel event. So um, they're doing kind of a lot of big things on there that I'm still I'm still enjoying it very much. No, they're learning. They're learning from other yeah. games like Anthem and Destiny, and I feel like they're even their, their, first, their first entry, you know, into Anthem, the space man. in Division 1. So... You know, RP. continue. Yeah, RP to Anthem, RP man. RP Anthem, man. Like, Jesus. There's people that, 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 you know, I think it took me a week. I think it was a week to sell Anthem and just get rid of it. I played the beta. That was all I needed. I was, I was done. I was done. Playing it. And I, part of my enjoyment of, I'll, maybe not daily, but definitely a few times a week is going to the Anthem Reddit just to read people complaining and how much they hate the game but still play it i just think it's the funniest no listen teach your zone if you enjoy a game continue to play it continue remember people Doesn't sound like yeah, they enjoy it though. but these people man like, i think it's just like they want it they want it they to want it to great. be great it's like it's you not know gonna but happen, bro just move on and just 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 let it go unless you get some massive update that just changes everything so our big story of the week is uh, Sony and Microsoft joining forces. Microsoft yes. said we'll partner with Sony on new cloud-based solutions for gaming experiences. One new new bit of, of story that came out about this is that the PlayStation team apparently had no idea about it. I was going to say, that's a key wording in this, is that mm -hmm. Microsoft said it will partner with Sony. Mm -hmm. Not PlayStation. Not PlayStation, yeah. Sony. I feel like people are just thinking about so, the So, yeah, it came out on GameSpot, right? They were saying that People were upset. The PlayStation team was totally unaware that these these handling the handlings were handled in, you know, between the two companies, uh, which is understandable. But you would think that PlayStation would have been brought up to speed on what's going on. So it's kind of strange. So do you think that that means that we've as fans have been reading too much into this, into assuming that this has to do with Xbox and Microsoft? I mean, what else would this partnership gain? So yeah, the other part of it. Uh, here's the exact quote. And this is important also. Under the Memorandum of Understanding signed by the parties. So what that means is that they've come into an understanding. Of There's course. no legal paperwork. You know, this can be broken up at any time. It's more of a, an agreement between the two of them. Two companies will explore joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services. Mm-hmm. In addition, two companies will explore the use of Microsoft Azure data center-based solutions for Sony's gaming content streaming services. So I think it's also about, you know, it could also be about any other media. Sony's big with music. I mean, maybe yeah, they, that's that's why it's smart that they partnered directly with Sony, and you know they have all of these other divisions, and Microsoft not being solely focused on just games. This is on a larger spectrum for the two companies. I think it's a win-win. Yeah, streaming like 8K films, for example. But for let's 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 call a spade a spade. This is all because of Stadia. Mm -hmm. They they see Google's a big giant or a big player in the space, and they want to get ahead of the curve. And they're mm -hmm. right to team up. You know, a friend. What is it? An enemy of my enemies, my friend, yeah. or whatever. It also says that they'll collaborate on semiconductors and artificial intelligence. This means Sony's image sensors could be combined with Microsoft's Azure AI technology. Um, Microsoft Platform 2 is co-find their way into Sony consumer products in the future. So yeah, this is a 
uh, bigger. And this announcement is way bigger than just video games. You know, it's not just about that. I think it's also just kind of a sign of where we're moving mm-hmm. towards. We've always talked about like, I mean, the next joint is really going to pop is cloud-based gaming. You know, but yeah, it's also just a lot of companies have realized mm-hmm. within the last decade that. It's not really about hardware anymore. It's about software. That's really where the future is really moving towards. Where, you know, like you have an iPhone 7, you said. Yep. Right? I have an iPhone 10. Our software is, I think it's identical. Like, yeah, I think, I think so. There are so. a couple of hardware features that I can use, like yeah. the Face ID and stuff like that, whatever. But our software is pretty much the pretty same, Pretty much right? the same, you know, exactly. There's really not much of a, a reason to upgrade hardware unless you want like a better camera or whatever. But... Um, it kind of just speaks to the future that we're running towards, which is that software is going to become king. And, you know, we kind of felt that in terms of Microsoft now talking about Xbox Live being everywhere and this whole deal with uh, Nintendo and things like that. Like, you know, does something like this mean that, you know, we can see Sony and Microsoft creating their own marketplace for video games? Be smart. You never know. That'd be actually a really cool space, right? I mean, I think we're now at a point now more than ever where these companies are starting to realize that they're just stronger together, especially when it comes to outside competition for something like Google. Like, Yeah. I mean, Microsoft... Am- Amazon wants to be a player too, yeah. right? They have something coming as well. There was well, even so. talks of like Walmart <laughs> trying to get to the game yeah. streaming medium, for example. And I think it's just something where these companies have realized that, you know, Google is a threat. I don't think Google's like a big threat. I think Google sees themselves as more of a threat than anyone else does. And it's purely because Google just doesn't have the partnership that that Microsoft and, and Sony has. I mean, exactly. these guys have all this trust from these studios and all this support that not Google is going to have to go in and start from scratch pretty much. Um, yeah. And we, we've... We know for a fact that Google's not going to be an E3, which I felt like would have been a mistake anyway. Because they didn't but, have enough to show. Yeah. I think if they had, you know, four to five huge blockbuster titles yeah. and then more information on what their service is going to offer, then yeah, show it. But be smart about it. Be, you know, you're, you're Google. You can throw your own yeah. convention and expo at your own yeah. at your own pace and then control it. So What I think would be interesting is... What, are we going to see game announcements with Google Stadia included? Like, if Ubisoft oh, announced Splinter Cell, will Google Stadia now be one of those logos? I don't think know? so yet, but yeah. soon, yeah, of course. But this these talks have been going on since 2018, it says, in the GameSpot article. So I they reached out to Amazon first. Those talks fell through. Yeah. Reached back out to Microsoft. was like, hey, guys, you know what time it is. And it's also just like the... The, the time, you know, the one thing that I took away from the story is just the timeline that we're on. I felt like 10 years ago, the story would have been like mind blowing, you know, and now it's almost like. No, they're playing nice we now. It's it, different. You know? Yeah. We get it. You know? Yeah. I think these companies are starting to really, really understand that, you know, we can really, really take things. Flourish and do well. Yeah. Yeah. Together, you know, and we share technology, for example, because. Are we thanking Jeff Keighley for this? Because <laughs> no, he put everybody on the stage together. You never know, man. That's where that conversation started. Started in a back room somewhere, thing, right? You know, and it it, it it that another part of his rumor was that uh, uh, 
uh, Nintendo is also apparently talking to Microsoft about utilizing their Azure technology. They're for, best friends, right? For streaming with Nintendo. And Nintendo kind of dipped their toes with streaming. What was it? Resident Evil 7 and something Resident else Evil 7 just in Japan and one other title, yeah. Which is, a, it was weird, but. I forgot what the other. I forget. Title was. Uh, Prior Rhythm Game. Talking about. But, you know, this is what we're moving towards. I mean, love it or hate it. We're not going to lose hardware anytime soon. I just don't see that happening. But to see both of these com- these companies come together, um, I think it I think it just will be interesting to just to see how they navigate this. You know, because I mean, Sony is they should have hit a hundred million by now, which is pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, there was just a wild number, um, man. In today's day and age, like a hundred million, that's pretty. We'll never amazing. see that replicated again. You know, Ever Microsoft again. is really the one that's suffering with hardware sales, and I think that's why you've seen their investment in software. More yeah, heavily. They're, they're invested heavily in, in this space. But so we'll see. The success of all this, just I always say, it really just comes down to pricing. and Yeah, right price point works, with man. the software, you, you're good to go. People are ready to make the change. It's just, you know, they're used to the norm. Everybody's comf- comfortable and complacent. So And just broadband, like... You know how how good broadband is going to be in the in the in coming the, years. Yeah, we've discussed this. You claim that Stadia's will be perfect. Man. They they claim right. What did they say? Thirty yeah. megs per second. I it's fine. It's, I don't it's know. Close, man. I remember when I was trying to. I don't the, know. The it, was, it was pretty close. It's, I think the most interesting thing would just be how Google handles this. Just because Google is so notorious for just giving up on stuff, so I think Google it'll be Glass. Very, yeah, it'll be very interesting. Uh, just to see how Google any, VR you're yeah. gonna have everything because even Google Glass was something that when it released I was like the, the world's just not ready for this you know it was like $1,200 or something like that there's another company I think I signed up for the similar. beta yeah it's just too expensive I was like I shouldn't pay you to beta test your product man. you should give it to me yeah that's what I'm, that's, that's the way that I kind of hey guys you wear me. glasses sound, here you go let right. me know how this is yeah because things like Google Glass I thought was an amazing idea and I do see that happening at some point it's just the price point isn't there yet <laughs> You know? They were ahead of, ahead of their time. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll revisit that in like 10 years. And be like, wow, Google Glass did yeah, this 10 years ago. So the next story that we're going to talk about is U.S. Senator proposes a loot box ban. Go for him. You say it's a good thing? So, why, what do you, why is he getting involved? <laughs> it's for the kids, man. Somebody got, Listen, somebody loot boxes the, don't bother me, man. To think of the children. So, Monitor your kids. These, Stop these giving are, them money. So this is one of the things that you and I absolutely agree on, which wrong is with you, you and people? I have no problems with loot boxes. None. The only thing that we both agree on is we don't like pay to win. Right? No, if that's a, if that if that's part of the game, then no, yeah. then that that's completely wrong. I'm not not I'm for. Not, I'm not on point with being able to go to Division Two and, and buy the exotic AR rifle that I can only get at level. Yeah, you see, Johnny pays like thousands of dollars, but yeah. um, but we see this in other. In other titles like uh, the Madden Ultimate Team, FIFA mm-hmm. Ultimate Team, you know, it's mm-hmm. pay to play. You, you, the more money you pay, you get a better chance at better cards, better players. Yeah. The better your team is. So that I'm totally against. But loot boxes being in games for cosmetics and yeah. making your character look different, then so be it, man. So the legislation is to ban publishers from using exploitative or exploitive uh, game mechanics and titles aimed at children. It's called the protecting. <laughs> Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act. Isn't that called being a parent? <laughs> just like, right? Just even the wording of this thing is like crazy. So, 
Belgium and Netherlands have determined that loot boxes are gambling, and they're actually banned over there. So wow. if you have Overwatch, for example, in Belgium and Netherlands, you can't, you cannot buy loot boxes, but I think you can still earn them. It is kind of game. gambling, though. Like you're taking a chance with your money, but so that's your own choice, man. This is the way that I've always looked at this: is uh, loot box addiction is a real thing, and the reason why it's real is because. Because you're um, addicted. There's a lot of thought that goes into loot boxes. I yeah, feel like it's yes. something that people don't realize. No, we've seen it with EA. Yeah, yeah we've seen it with Battlefront. Are, yeah. When these things are created, it's not It's not just like, hey, let's just throw these bells and whistles. No. There's a science behind the amount of time it takes to open a box. You ever notice how no loot boxes press a button, right? It's always like hold the button and then like yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. slowly yep. fills and it... No, the locks unlock, you hear the noise, the smoke comes out. Yeah, it makes you feel a certain way. Absolutely. All that is psychological. It's the same exact thing as to why um, slot machines are addictive. It's it's the action of pulling the handle and and the lights and the flashes and and the noise and things like that. There absolutely is um, a way to get addicted to loot boxes. Just like... There's a way to, uh, and this is the reason why I think this legislation doesn't make any sense. It's the same as getting addicted to, to trading cards. You know, as yep. a parent, you're the one that has to be there to tell your kids, no, you're not going to spend $100 on Pokemon cards. Exactly. Oh, but I really have to get that rare peak. It just, it's literally the same exact thing. So unless we're going to start legislating um, blind boxes and all these other practices that are out there in retail, we can't really do the same on digital. Yeah, what are you going to tell? Opinion. Loot crate to just cancel you know their company with it's predicated on yeah. you know that that chance of opening something new like you said you open it up it's like wow i got this t-shirt that i can't get anywhere else yeah but my problem is i think it, it came out in an article where battlefront they, there was an algorithm in the game where they would match make you with players that were better than you that had certain pieces of gear and weapons that you were able to buy in the loot boxes and then would show you the loot boxes after. Oh, to entice you, yeah. Yeah, they, that's in. Was that was that Battlefront? It was Battlefront. Battlefront. Was yeah, it was Battlefront. And then remember, then something happened where that all changed, and then they got rid of their loot boxes. But they would like they came out that that was a practice that they've. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Anthem went through the same thing. Yeah, that's in, Anthem was another that's game insane. where people were digging into the code and they felt that uh, the game. Um, the way it matches you out with other people is it will match you with people that have other things you're wearing gear that you don't have. Yes, that's correct. no, that's wrong that's because exploitive. Yeah, yeah, that's exploitive. hundred so, percent. The way that I've always looked at this is a couple things. Number one, I have, I 100% am not against micro microtransactions. I, I hate that we're now in a timeline where companies need to announce games and say, Oh, there will be no microtransactions in this game. Uh, Ubisoft had to do it with Ghost Recon. Look at Borderlands Three. Borderlands Three. They had to do the same thing. Even though they have they have microtransactions, yeah. but it all oh, is cosmetics, so it doesn't really count. But still, the fact that they were like, "Whoa, why is he saying this?" Randy right. Pitchford, chill out, man. <laughs> Continue doing your magic tricks, bro. That's another story that we don't have time to get to. Randy <laughs> Pitchford's over here slapping people or whatever's going on with that guy. That guy needs to just chill. He's out. good at magic. Ugh, that's weird. He needs to go back to medieval times and, and chill out. Watch a match. It's a magician. So when it comes to microtransactions, I hate how many people hate it. Like, what's the problem with putting uh, cosmetic pieces for purchase? Like, just don't buy it. It's that simple, bro. Like, it's 
I guess I people just, get annoyed that they paid $60, $70, $80, whatever it is, and then they yeah. they see, hey, buy this for $3.99 and $2.99. It just drives you crazy because yeah. it's like you just spent your hard-earned cash on this game, and then you have to spend money. I'm totally with you. Like, I'm, I don't see a problem with it. It doesn't really bother me. It's when it's in your face, you know, games mm. like NBA 2K, Mm. Again, back to Madden, Madden Ultimate Team, where they're just like showing you like, oh, flash sale, three ninety nine, buy oh, the new oh, Jordans. Uh, you know what I mean? Like or Street Fighter, I'm a Street Fighter. Yeah, like change that, to, uh, that's gonna kill me, man. <laughs> like that's that's now you're taking away like the integrity of the game. Like you're you're diminishing yeah. it. Like you're you're pimping it out almost. Like no, yeah, I'm not I, okay with that. I but. think that's one of the reasons why I always love to bring up Overwatch because people think that Overwatch's loot boxes are bad, but I think they actually have one of the best practices. Yeah. Which is every time I level up, I get a loot box. Once a week, I can play. You can play uh, a, t- a you type win, of game, right? And then yeah, get a loot box. You win nine arcade matches. You yeah, and you get up a loot to box. three loot boxes. Yeah, that's cool. And then they have the events. There, we're about to do one right now for the anniversary in a few weeks, and to show, show off the skins. Mm-hmm. Now I can just play and I don't feel like, man, I got to play like a bunch of matches to get a box. Like I yeah. think it's fair. And then if I don't want it, then, you know, I could pay $20 to buy a bunch of loot boxes or whatever for, for a skin. cosmetics or but, whatnot. I mean, the way I look at it is like, it's a skin. It's not like I'm opening loot boxes to get a weapon. Now there are some companies that, yeah, that they're not doing it right. We just talked about another round with frost. That's I'm sorry, but that's not doing it right. Yeah. to lie to people and make it sound and make it feel and appear like I so can't just are you okay frost. with nether realm saying hey frost is locked behind this price point whatever 5.99 or you can play the game and do x y and z and unlocker if they said that all up front you're okay with it right i am but you can't use frost online if you do it that way that makes sense because then you're getting um competitive advantage even though Correct. people feel she's terrible in the game whatnot yeah. but still you're right then you're playing as a character that no one has access to unless they yeah like I, yeah, I that makes sense if, if i don't have access to it i can't practice against her so yeah multiplayer so i feel like as long as you're really careful about it and you're doing it in a way that you're not getting an advantage then there's just you know video games are reaching a point where they are becoming too expensive to make which is why now we're in our timeline of games as a service yeah it's like this is why this is happening but that's why so back to your point with like studios like blizzard they're coming out with content consistently mm-hmm. this is where they make their money yeah. you know cosmetic skins like you're basically all right i gave them 2.99 3.99 here here or there you paid like 10 to 20 bucks a month but then you got what three maps new characters you, you're not you're not telling them hey we want to pay for that no you 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 take in that content it's free it's always give me give me give me but how do you think the studio makes money that's how they make their money so i'm not a, totally against it but then back yeah. to games where you're not creating content and even do it in a tasteful way where like ubisoft right they always have a store where you could buy skins and stuff but it's like st- you have access to it. it says store it's not in your face you want to access it too, go to the store yeah. yeah ubisoft does that for all of their games i'm not mad at that i never clicked that ever because i'm not spending yeah. any more money but if you yeah, want to like, view it then go to the store right now on division 2 is a good example division 2 you can buy keys to open up apparel boxes but you can earn um credits to build a key it takes 200 credits to build a key every time you level up once you reach a certain point, you get what's called a field proficiency cash, which has up to three Piece weapons or items, okay. yeah, pieces of gear. And then they give you about 60 credits to build a key. Right now, I have about 5,000 credits because I just haven't... You're just accumulating so, them, yeah. right? Yeah. So Division 2 is an example of something where it's like I haven't felt forced to spend money on it. 
right? Especially because the year one content is free. Yeah. But let's say if Ubisoft says we're doing and uh, we're going to update the apparel store, but we're going to put pieces of gear in here that you can't earn, you have to pay for. Why would I be mad at them for doing that? Like, so what, man? Unless it's like something super duper crazy, like. I just like what's the big deal of this? It's now, if you paid for that you know? raid and you just paid twenty five, thirty dollars for that raid, and then they did a practice like that, then you'd be upset. Yeah, yeah. but no, the raid was free. You got that free content. You're gonna get many more yeah. downloadable pieces of content as well. So chill out, just chill out. So the the thing about the loot box ban is that this is sort of uh, EA kind of was the company <laughs> that sort of. Uh, messed up. So yeah, they I told you back to EA, right? So Battlefront Two was the first time that we really that that um, the government and senators started paying attention is because people started complaining and um, because of the way Battlefront was structured, it was very very greedy on EA's part. Yeah, because it took so long to accumulate points to get to the content instead of just taking a shortcut. And let's be honest, EA did it to make money, like. They do it, it with all of their, their sport face. titles already, yeah, so they, it's nothing. It's not a new FIFA, practice. Yeah. It obviously blew up in their face. Yeah, and I think we understood that if the industry doesn't start to regulate itself, mm -hmm. then this is just what happens in industries. The yeah. same thing is when Mortal Kombat was released and there was no ERSRB. What happened? Government senators started to step in. The yep. ERSRB had to be established. Yep. So if we don't start taking control of this and and the industry doesn't start to police itself then yeah this could be this could get really ugly and it could get really muddy but i'm right there with you which is like you know parents need to regulate like you guys i mean parental controls are already in place for a lot of these systems I mean, but does it directly affect loot boxes not yet maybe that'll be a feature in future updates like hey you can tick that off of some kind for parents like hey you don't have access to the you know the loot area of the game i don't know yeah because there's parental controls on like microsoft and microsoft system for yeah. example where you can't buy anything unless you put a password in yeah. no matter what right when you try to uh you always get that message or yeah whatnot. when you try to purchase something in store you still go to a microsoft store so the company that's supposed to really be at the forefront of protecting the video game industry from this type of stuff is the esa and that goes into our next story which is e3 excited so, the funny, the funny thing about this story popping E3, up yay. was you brought this up when we spoke um, a few weeks ago. Yep. It wasn't something that we brought up during the podcast, which is that you felt that E3 should end. You should, you, you felt that E3 should be done. The writing's on the wall, man. Okay. It's been, been that way for some years now. So let's talk about E3 2019. So it, it happens from June 11th to the 13th. Uh, Activision announced that they will not have a floor booth. They will only have meeting rooms. So... EA has also announced that they're going to return to E3, but just have meeting rooms. So once again, they're not going to be on the floor. E3 hasn't been on the show floor since 2015, and they've done their own thing with the EA Play, which is an off-site activity where you have to buy tickets to. You they haven't been on the floor, but they didn't have a conference and since 2015. That's a, that's not true. No, right? no, yeah, they they've have had, had conference, they right? Have had, yes, you're just, you're right about that. But they no just presence on the floor. Floor demos, yeah. Uh, Sony, obviously, we know skipping this year. Google's not going to be there. That kind of made sense. Uh, so the other the other thing that's kind of bringing up this conversation of, about are we nearing the end of E3 is not just how companies have started handling how E3 is run. Yeah, it's also the ESA itself. The ESA is a company that 
runs E3. Yep. And basically, this is the company that um, lobbies on behalf of the video game industry. They were there at the beginning of when, when the ESRB was established. Yeah. And they're the ones that, for example, if loot box legislation, legislation is introduced, or as we spoke about uh, a little while ago, the the tax on violent video games, for example, yeah. they are the company that's going to go through and fight for the industry to say, no, this can't happen, right? Because people have too much power, man. Involved, right? So the new issues that ESA is having a bunch of internal issues where they've been going through presidents, they just announced Stanley Pierre-Louis as their uh, president, but they've been having issues within their organization. And now the question is starting to bring up, which is, if the ESA is, was created to protect the industry, why are you guys running a convention? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a conflict of interest, right? So what we've, what we've found out uh, from uh, this story that recently broke, I believe it was Variety. I don't have it written here. Uh, where about 37% of the ESA's budget um, comes from dues paid by the 42-member companies. But... In uh, the two, uh, 2016 nonprofit 990 tax filing, the trade show made up to about 48% of its annual budget from E3. So mm. E3, what we're led to believe is E3 is what keeps this company going, is what keeps their lights on. And they need it. And they need it, right? Yep. The, the issue that we've been looking into is that I agree with you is it kind of seems like you guys are becoming stretched thin and a lot of the member companies which are the companies that uh, give money to the ESA for, for the lobbying efforts are agreeing, which is they don't feel like they have as much strong support as they used to, and the yeah. ESA isn't fighting as hard as they would. And the loot box thing kind of brings up a good example, which is the ESA should have been way ahead of this. We should not get to this point where senators are talking about introducing legislation. Yeah, they should have taken over, taken care of it because they were in charge. That was their f point, right? They to should have fight been, for the industry. Yeah, they should have been the ones to come to the forefront and say, no, 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 no. We're going to regulate ourselves and this is what we're going to do. These are the steps that we're going to take, for example. Uh, the one thing that we've been talking about is should E3 end? So Reed Pop, which is a company that runs New York Comic Con, has apparently made pitches to take over E3. Should have let them have it. From the ESA. Partner with Reed Pop. Let mm -hmm. them take care of the convention and look how successful those shows are, whether they be the Penny Arcade Expo, whether it's Comic Con, you know, they've they've they have a successful track record and change the you know, the format, you know, give give access to the fans again, you know, have them pay for their badges and whatnot. But it'd be the only place that you can play premiere titles way ahead in advance. Yeah. Right. And I think people would show up and, and really thoroughly enjoy that. And then giving actual fans the opportunity to see these um, these con this convention come to life and, and it'd be rebranded, I think would be a really good thing for them. So, yeah, I think I think what's going to happen is more of the game companies have to be on the same page about it because. Microsoft does their own thing, right? They, they're, they're outside yeah. of E3. They have their own center to play the games. EA is doing the same thing for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo, obviously, they made that big decision of no longer doing um, conferences, for example, and it's worked out well for them. I, I think um, E3 is just at a point where it's just weird. So the first time I went to E3 was, I believe it was 2011 or 2012. It was yeah. when the Wii, Nintendo Wii was first playable. 
And when I first went, I went as a journalist for a, a small video game company. I used to write for them. And it just, it had more of an industry feeling. Like you yeah. felt that when you went there, you went there to, uh, on behalf of, of journalists to get the story out for what these games are. Of course. Now it's more of a, especially now that it's open to the public, it kind of changed the dynamic of it. Yeah, it's it. just another convention. Exactly. Like if you're going there as a journalist, there's really no focus. Like you can take meetings, for example, but, you know, going there as a small journalist and trying to play a game... Oh, no chance. It. You're waiting, no what, chance. three yeah. hours to play one title. Yeah. By the end of the day, you've only played two games. You're exhausted. You want to go home mm-hmm. and you never want to go back. So, so when I was there last year, I was, I remember I, 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 the last day I got to the line really early. There's always like a big rush of people to play Resident Evil 2. And I got there too late and they're like, yeah, the next, the next probably line's like three hours. I'm like, I'm not going to stand here three hours to play one, to play a 10 minute demo. Like this is, this is no way I'm going to do it. But. Doesn't E3 have something called Judges Week where, you know, these journalists are given a, a chance to go there ahead of time, play all of these titles they're not able to talk about until E3 breaks. Now, why not continue that trend? Correct. Do Judges yeah. Week and then just make E3 another expo where mm-hmm. fans can go and you eliminate all of these problems and that confliction. Yeah, the, the fan, the average fan that paid $50 to $200 for the weekend knows they're going to wait on a bunch of lines. They're already, they've already you know, hip to it. They go to all of the conventions. They don't have a problem with it. Now, when you're sharing that space with industry professionals, that's when you get all of these problems. And I think things will change for the better. So we'll see. Yeah. I think, I think it's also just going back to these companies need to kind of get more on the same page of trying to find value and doing something like that. Now when we're in a time where it seems a lot of these companies want to speak directly more to the consumer more than anything. Yeah. So I do think that we're go- moving towards the end of like live shows and conventions and things like that. And probably more of these companies either doing their own thing or, or read pop taking over and turning it into like an open convention. Yeah. Cause that's pretty much what E3 is now. Even, even if you E3 day one is supposed to only be open to journalists. It's not open yeah. to the general public. Yeah. But then their criteria for journalism is so low that, that doesn't really even being, matter. Yeah. That anyone gets in. You can make a Tumblr and probably get away with getting a journalist badge right now at E3. They're just not really being as careful as they used to be with it. Uh, I just, I, I get, I'm right there into the point where I do, I would prefer to kind of spin off into this old thing and let it be like. Uh, PSX isn't PS isn't PSX like what Sony did open to the public kind of thing. I believe it's open. Yeah, yeah. But the focus is yeah all of the games now. My question to you is: all of these studios run into this problem where you you have this you know this crunch right when you're trying to create this content and create this this build for E3. Who's pushing that? Is it the studio themselves or is it? Is it Microsoft? Is it Sony? Hey, we need to show this game at our exactly. at our show. And then that's where the problem arises. You won't have that problem if you pull the big players out. If Microsoft's not present, they do their own thing. If Sony's not present, they do their own thing. Yeah. And Nintendo continues to do directs. And you make this a convention that focuses on the developers. And if they if and when they want to show their game, 
they'll you know they'll play and they'll they'll show up and you'll have games on the the show floor and if not then if the demo's not built yet then you wait you know i think that can help them out as well so yeah i think it's, it really goes to either it's all or nothing either all the companies come to an agreement to keep this going or there's just not going to be enough content to justify no exactly convention, like, right? like why are people going to e3 this year what's what's the big thing they're just waiting for the the announcement from Microsoft, yeah, right? Microsoft the, is the big announcement everyone's waiting for. But in terms of like, and what if that doesn't happen? Yeah. Then what? 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 Are, why are you at E3 to see Square Enix show you yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake? This year is always weird. The 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 E3 before a console a generation change is it's always, always like the weirdest, the weakest one, yeah. always the weirdest one, and that's why I, I completely understand Sony's decision of what they did. I just yeah, they, feel like it they showed their hand already. All of their big games that were in the works are coming soon. They released, right? The focus was uh, Spider-Man at the time, God of War. Um, all of those games came out, Horizon Zero Dawn. And now the games that are on the horizon for next, you know, the Death Strandings, The Last of Us 2, yeah. is most likely will be shown at whatever PlayStation does next for their own con- um, yeah. their own convention. So. Plus, for it's Expo. very important to note that Sony is the biggest customer that the ESA has at E3, so that was actually a big loss for them. Yeah, I believe square footage, they had the biggest space, so mm-hmm. they, they were probably... Yeah, fr- their space was just massive. Them and Nintendo had the, the largest spaces, right? Yeah, for, um, when I went by there last year, they were kind of right next to Nintendo's each other. Nintendo's still on the show floor, right? Nintendo's still on the show floor, I'm guessing, maybe a Pokemon, Animal Crossing or Pokemon, Pokemon. probably mostly. This week's hot releases coming up from May 21st is kind of the day so it's not even this week's hot releases just one day of releases <laughs> uh resident evil comes out uh tomorrow may 21st along with resident evil 0 and resident evil 4 on the switch so these are kind of the hd remasters assassin's creed 3 remastered also comes out pc ps4 Some switch x-bone weird decision and then team sonic racing pc ps4 switch xbox one what's a weird decision why did they remaster three i like three three was cool really i yeah. hated three three's boring okay weird i don't know I've, I've fallen out of love with assassin's creed i don't, I don't give really the people Ezio trilogy on the switch they would have bought that we'll, we'll see what happens but uh, are you picking up these resident evil games you say you were no maybe four but they're separate titles, right? For like the tenth time. Yeah, yeah, I might buy four each, for like. Were they twenty each? Probably. I hope I, they're twenty each. I hope less. Yeah, and I, I haven't checked the prices on them, but uh, yeah, if it, if it's twenty, I think it's good. Thirty, I think, probably. Pass. That might be too much. Are you looking it up right now? <laughs> no, because oh, okay. I'm not buying it. Maybe. All right, it's time to wrap it up. These are the stories from last week. We didn't have time to get to. Developer Motion Twin announced that Dead Cells is getting a mobile port. $11 coming to iOS Supper 2019. Android later. Would you buy this? No. I own the game already. But why would, why would I want to play a roguelike on my phone? Why would I pay $11 for a cell phone game? I'm good. Yeah, that, that doesn't make... Go get a Switch. Pass. EA Access is finally coming to PS4 in July. $4.99 monthly, $24.99 yearly. What do you think of EA Access? If you like playing last year's Madden, then knock yourself out. Or you like really old sports games. You get early access to Madden. You get early access, but it's only like, I think, 24 hours or something like that for when a game first comes out. Or like a week week early access, but if you're paying for the subscription, you don't get access to newer games. I think Anthem is just about to hit EA Access. Unraveled, right? Isn't that a game? Yeah. Pay $5 a month to try Anthem and then realize how crazy garbage it is. God of War documentary Raising Kratos released May 10th. What did you think of it? I thought it was amazing. Uh, I loved every bit of it. It was sad. It. it was it was very insightful. 
Um, but I thought it was very PG. Like, mm. you see, like, families were getting, like, destroyed and, you know, people were pissed that they closed up that one studio. Uh, they were making, like, a sci-fi game. Yeah. And that studio basically got, you know, engulfed into the God of War team. Because I got they were just like, that because hey. I only watched, like, the first 20 minutes. Yeah, and people were really pissed. They really, you know, they came to that studio to make a new IP. And then they were told, hey, you're going to make another God of War. But, you know, Corey Barlog basically... <laughs> You know, rounded up the troops and, you know, we got one of the great masterpieces of our time. Oh, yeah. So Microsoft and Gameloft announced that Xbox Live would be coming to three mobile titles from Gameloft. Asphalt 9 Legends, Asphalt 8 Airborne and Dragon Mania Legends. What does this mean? I mean, it's exactly them pretty much putting their plan into motion, which is they want to take over software. They want Xbox Live to kind of be everywhere. So I think it makes sense. Especially for people who love going after achievements. If you could get achievements for the same cell phone game that you're playing everywhere else, I mean, you know, people are going to go crazy for that. A new Pokemon smartphone game is in development from DNA. What type of game do you think this will be? Walking simulator. <laughs> <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea, man. I, I think Nor do I like care. Something like, what are those damn Pokemon games with the, like the, it's like dungeon crawlers, but the, characters look really blocky i, don't know why I can't think of I, I i see the game like in my in my so. head but i think um, it's gonna be something like that i don't think it's gonna be like a traditional pokemon game don't don't hold your breath i'm good a new mortal kombat film begins pre-production this month in australia um will it be a hit but let's hit on some things it's produced by james wan directed by simon mccoyd which is his first film, and he did commercials for COD and Sony, mm. and it's written by Greg Russo, which is his first film. First film, man. I mean, look, I, 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 I'm part of that era that I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. It's one. campy, it's cheesy. One. Yeah, one. That's classic. Definitely, let's definitely stick to one. One is like, a, it's exactly like he says, it's a classic. So, classic. I mean, I don't... I, I thought at first this was directed by James Wan. And then when I read more into it, produced. I said produced and I was like, eh. It's not the same thing. The Nun, I think, is produced by James Wan. Look yeah. where that went. So It's definitely not the same thing. For this to be written. If it was and written directed and directed by, by James Wan, I'm in. By two first timers, it's, it's kind of hard to. If it was directed and written by James Wan, I'm in. All in. We'll see. Ubisoft has also teased three new com upcoming titles that are set to launch between January 1st and March 31st, 2020. What are these three titles? Uh, Ghost Recon, right? So I, no, I think Ghost Recon was the f was was they announced four. So one of them is definitely Ghost Recon. What are the other three? Okay, so Ghost Recon doesn't count. So I'm gonna yeah. go with Splinter Cell for sure. Definitely coming out. Um, if I'm correct, and I would love to be, it's definitely a Rayman game. Nice. And then also, in my heart of hearts, I would love to see Child of Light 2. Oh, that's, that's a good one. But I didn't even think about we'll that, see. Man. It's been teased back in like 2018, and nah. then we didn't hear anything of it. And that'd be a great title. They don't make any role-playing games. So. That's actually not a What are you thinking, man? Very, very Anyone I missed? It's definitely not Beyond Good and Evil. So that's a definite no. I think, I think one of them, I think it is time... <laughs> Must sound biased. I think it's time for Mario Rabbits too. <laughs> no, that's actually a good. That, biased, that's that's, good that's pretty good. It could be that. Um, there's also been rumors of Watch Dogs three, but I don't see it releasing. Damn, two is a good game too, yeah. man. It just I didn't like, I kind two, of was, two is two is good. One is horrible. I mean, two one is not, two uh, is no great. Way, no. All right, Microsoft announced Minecraft Earth, an AR <laughs> an AR game similar to Pokemon Go. 
Do you see this being a success? Oh my god, I can't believe I read that. Yes, but I don't think it's gonna be bigger than Pokemon Go. Minecraft Earth. Yeah. I think it will be. I think it will find success. It ties it into Google than Earth. Go. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know you. You're excited for it. So. I'm. I'm so ready for it. <laughs> a new Sony division called PlayStation Productions was created to develop and produce movies based on Sony's game franchises. Do you think this will be successful? I think so. Mm-hmm. Striking while the iron's hot. Um, they have the franchise that they can develop movies for. Do you know things that come to mind? Uncharted movie, Horizon. Yeah, even Last of Us. Like they have a lot of good. I'd be scared for Last of Us. I don't want yeah. them to do that and ruin that for us. But Uncharted, I'm all yeah. for it. When it comes to the three big studios, I think they have the most potential for films but see i don't think uncharted would even be included in this because uncharted is already going into production. it's in production i know but tom holland maybe whatever is next like after the next Correct. one could be in that production house but we'll see yeah tom holland's playing like a young nathan drake yeah. i guess so what's it's funny because like we see microsoft try to make films and it always just doesn't i mean the halo tv show looks like it's finally gonna happen yeah gears of war the last update was like few months ago they was it about they, that they found a new studio or something like that or i'm not watching that movie. the rocks in that movie right i don't think it's <laughs> is it like uh no sure? i'm messing with you imagine we'll see all right any final thoughts uh for this week i got nothing man and nothing comes to mind i'm blank what, what what am i playing what am i doing i don't know how the NBA Finals? All right. <laughs> that's all. We got Golden about. State. Let's, let's watch Golden State win again. Uh, my final thought is I want to give a quick shout out to Gaguri from uh, from the Overwatch League. She's the first female Overwatch player. Dope. She was named Times 2019 Next Generational Leader. So one of their, one of Times 2019 Next Generational Leaders, which is pretty dope. So I think that's, that was pretty cool. So shout out to her. That's, that's uh, my final thought. That's what's up. The, for the week thank you guys so much for joining us please follow us on twitter at camp Cody for future news updates once again i'm joel and i'm val we'll see you guys next week next week yeah we'll, we'll see hopefully <laughs> thanks things sometimes happen but uh i mean that's that's kind of what twitter is for so you know, yeah f- follow happen, follow at we are joel bother him yeah don't don't do that please peace <laughs>